Hello and welcome to Daft Souls. I don't know what the episode number is. Sorry, I'm, I'm unprofessional, but I'm joined tonight. 42. 42. What? <laughs> you, well, you might as well introduce yourself now. It's well, no, I'm going to introduce you. God damn it! It's Philippa War. Hello. Of Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, pleasure to have you here, Pip. And I'm, you know, mainly because you know numbers. Uh, we'll find out if that was right after this is done. <laughs> I'm sure it would be because I think if we had done 42 already, I would have somehow had the temptation to try and You're make alone. a Hitchhiker's reference. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I and I've done it now, so that's it. And I'm also joined by Joe Scrabbles. Hello, hello, Joe. It's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. Hopefully, there won't be any ghosts or robots this time. No, there hasn't been for a few times. We no. got, actually, there was when we did the live show, which I think was the last time I was on it. Possibly there was a like what sounded like a gunshot at one point. So I thought. That might just be it. That might be the end of the podcast. That was the ghost being executed. <laughs> that was it, yeah. We finally exercised We, we trapped in there. We, we basically like enticed the ghost in, thinking it was going to be able to destroy the podcast, but it was just a trap. That's yeah. the only reason we did a live one. It's because Nottingham is notoriously an extremely haunted the place. The whole back row were Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. That was cool. We saw them coming. Anyway, enough about ghosts that are not real. Let's talk about something <laughs> that is real. Are video our games love. real? Our game love for video games. <laughs> Fair enough. Nothing more real than that, right? Mm. <laughs> it's the realist. <laughs> so I'll kick it off really briefly, right? Because I haven't been playing much. I've been playing um, a tiny, tiny bit of, and we're talking like wafers here, of uh, The Witcher 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, a game which you might have heard of. Yeah. Got a lot of people talking about it at the moment. <laughs> it's got good graphics. The what three? Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> Witcher? I. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, it seems good. It yeah. seems good. Um, I I'll briefly talk tell you about the things I like about it. No spoilers, obviously, because I've only played it for about half an hour and nothing's happened. <laughs> um, I really like the way they've they've made it so that when you have a quest that has multiple things you can do, they've made it so you can click in the right stick. Yes, to cycle between them. That is really nice. So and, and yeah. when you get a new quest, you can click it and it switches to that new quest instead of you having to go into your quest log yes. to change it all. All these tiny little streamlined things that they're Why doing really well. Why haven't we been doing this for years? Absolutely, that's yes, the question. What? Yes. <laughs> they did some, everything. There was something else that I spotted that made me go, oh, God damn it, I can't remember what it is. Um, I also love the fact that when you're following an NPC... That's it, yeah. that's the one. If, if you basically start sprinting or getting your horse to go quickly, they do it exactly at the same time. So even if you're following somebody, it's that idea that, like, Oh, you so you're not just like running around in yeah. circles around no, them, that's paddling no. them. <laughs> that's the idea. Like oh. they're in. Like there's something actually intelligent enough about the NPCs to go. That guy's running. I should probably keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like the hero of the world just striding off into the wilderness without See, them. See, I now don't want to play the game any more than I did before. But I want all developers of RPGs to play the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, that's the thing. Is I was a bit concerned about The Witch Three primarily because they'd um, they had a lot of experience with kind of rich RPGs, but going into an open world, it's a very different kettle of fish. And mm. um, I was a bit concerned that they might kind of not be very good at it. But so far, and it's very brief, um, I've been really impressed with the way they do things. There's some really nice feedback on the mini-map, like things mm. like um, if there's some hidden treasure in a little area, it'll have a little like radius on the map to show you that there's something there. But then nothing like too in your face. It's just then you have to look around and be like, oh, well, what is this? Where is something? Well, it's the same thing that uh, Dragon Age Inquisition did really well. It was just like, there's a thing in the area, you've got a scanning function, like Geralt's uh, detective mode thing, whatever yeah. it's called, is a more interesting device than just clicking a stick and watching radars come out of you Absolutely. like in Dragon Age. But it's the same idea that it kind of directs you to a place and then just lets you find it within an area, and which I is love quite nice. the way they've made it so that now the Witcher Vision, the Batman detective mode, basically... 
Um, it kind of does stuff to your vision that means it's not very useful to walk around in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It means it's all the edges use. sort of flare out like yeah. fisheye lens, don't they? It basically does that. It kind of It's not comfortable walking around in it, mm. so it doesn't encourage you to just play the entire game with, like, infrared mode on, basically. Mm. Okay. The, the interesting thing to me, I've played, like, two or three hours, I think, and so far you kind of look at it and realise, well, they've made an open-world game. They've shifted into that sort of, you know, non-linear thing, but... The, the intelligent way they've gone about it is they've there's no like ambient events there's no GTA Red Dead like running into a thing happening over and over again it's just their quests which means every quest feels sort of rich and unique mm. but they've just peppered the whole world with them so it feels like you're running into things but it's all scripted it's all there based on you know a designer and a writer going this is how it's going to work so there's no there's never any breakages and it still has that sort of richness of story that the old games had mm. so it doesn't fit into the kind of regular open world design as it is now. It's not got like eagles swooping down on you like Far Cry and ruining everything just because you're in an area. Like so, yeah, it's it's clever. That's it. It's I'm really impressed by it. I was worried that they kind of like stumble a little bit on the open world stuff, but yeah, even stuff like just being able to click to cycle through because The Witcher does that a lot. The idea of like, well, here's what you got to do, mm. and then it will often present you with like two or three angles on mm. how you want to approach this. And what I always like about it is sometimes, and I'll probably do this again, sometimes approaching one angle and just without warning you just cut off another angle and mm. being like, oh, well, now that, that can't happen because of this. But just taking away one step from having to like go into the bloody journal. <laughs> it's just, I mean, the thing is, I guess it works as a kind of a, um, well, I don't know what the word is, but it works kind of in the setting of RPGs, this idea of being like, Ah, I must check my tome of law mm. to find out more information about what I have to do or what I am doing, or like, as if you're keeping a journal. But in the modern you'd world, you have it out all the all yeah. the time. It would basically be like your smartphone, just always in your pocket, ready for you to check it because that's, you go to it yeah. so much. That's so, exactly yeah. it. It's the fact that actually now it's one of these things of the crossover of it doesn't make sense in a world where we as mm. humans who play the games use smartphones, like yeah. the idea that we'd still have to, and that's why it kind of always feels like a pain and just taking you out of things to have to look through things and. It seems quite keen to keep you in the world and keep you going around. Even the fact that um, The Witch 2 had quite a stylish inventory system, mm. um, but it was a fucker to use. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it might have been all right on mouse and keyboard, but I was playing on PC with a 360 pad, as mm. is my want. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you could just never tell you what you were You decadent bastard. It's right there. I can see it now. Oh, no, I don't use it anymore. Now I use now I use the PlayStation 4 controller <laughs> with uh, third-party drivers. Oh, and that's on the floor as a symbolic gesture. As is my desire. <laughs> uh, I'm a changed man. Oh, Decadence is my middle name after Edward. Um, but yeah, it was just like you, you didn't know where your cursor was half the time. The amount of times when I was playing The Witch 2, and admittedly I only played for about eight hours because I kind of like... I, I got a bit bored. The first act was really strong, but afterwards it was a bit like, it was all right, but it was like, oh, I can't, can't bother this now. Um, it, like, the amount of times I'd like, unequip my sword, like when I was trying, supposed to be doing something completely different, like, oh, you're just taking your trousers off again. Like, <laughs> oh, what, really? Like, I was meant to be looking at other trousers or something, and now it's got this really boring inventory that's just like very simple grid, very simple information. It's actually like, at first, I looked at it and thought, this is rubbish. Mm. But now I'm like, actually, after looking at it again, I'm like, no, this is great. Well, it's mm. totally legible. It's yeah. got really, you know, it's got that sort of, it's like um, Pokemon. It's got different sections of your backpack for different stuff. Like, it's yeah. got that sort of, like, <laughs> and compartments it did that. idea. It did that, but it did that in The Witch 2, where rather than having, now it has one, like, 
one static horizontal bar which you use the triggers to just jump between. In The Witcher 2 it had like two bars and I think they were, it was like, oh, I don't know, it was just I a mess. Uh, whereas it's really simple, really clean and it's like, yeah, I can see myself not getting really frustrated messing about in this. But crucially, it seems keen to keep you away from it. What we're saying is The Witch 3 has the best UI. And that's that's its major selling point. It's I'm impressed by it. Like, a really sexy menu. Because the thing is, you know, it's got a sexy men. It's, it's got, got a sexy men too. But then it's got sexy menus. It's Yeah, it's just philosophically intact. Everything's on one line. Men, menus, everything's good looking. It works. <laughs> it just works. I wasn't expecting that. I was, mm. thinking, I was expecting it to be this flashy, sexy game with cool graphics and cool effects. But I also thought... I wonder if they'll mess up a lot of the basic stuff, but no, seems really good. Although I'm playing it on PC, which meant I had that that classic thing with PC of um, of loading it up, looking at it, thinking I bet this can be a bit prettier, and then closing <laughs> it down, making it a bit prettier, loading it up, and then going, it doesn't quite run well though, and then going back and forth until I found a kind of medium of being like, all right, well it runs well and it looks nice, but. I, and I've been thinking about this a lot today. I kind of feel like um, PC graphics are like the, the ultimate distillation of, of the pointlessness of wanting, you know? And the <laughs> fact that it's like everyone wants things in life. They want more of things, you know? It's just like, and I, even though I, I always want it to look prettier than it does, even though well, as soon as I make it look prettier, I think, actually, no, it's not quite right. And I, I go back and I kind of wonder if all the people who are furious that the, the game as it was pitched in trailers and stuff it's maybe just that's what happens when you... For me, it's not a problem because I am held back by my own limitations in terms of what I own, like mm. in terms of my computer. So I cannot attain the best settings. I can't put it on super ultra 4K mm. because it just won't run very well. But then people who can, they still want more. <laughs> and there'll always be something more that they wanted. Like, it doesn't look as good as it could. But it just seems so pointless because it changes constantly. We're always looking at the next game always looks like better than the stuff before and it never ends it's been going on since like doom and quake of people being oh it's just so much better but you need to have this computer which makes me really sad get it because i think unless it's actually changing the colors or i don't see it so easily Mm. and so you know i i look at the arguments or the discussions or the people freaking out in comment sections about all of this stuff and i'm just like I don't see the difference. I mean, I saw the difference in, you know, the um, when they did that side-by-side comparison, like, now, a year ago, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, So I was just like, well, the wood's yellow. Well, that, that's exactly <laughs> but, what I was about to say. Like, in, in The Witcher 3's case, that, it literally did change colour. Yeah. Like, it was really grey before, and now it looks nice. <laughs> but beyond that, I'm just kind of like, I mean, I... If it's physically adding more stuff, then maybe. And if that stuff... I... I, I I don't know if it augments it to that the point I where I notice, but yeah, like so much of it I just don't notice, and therefore I kind of I look at the arguments and they're just incomprehensible to me because it's people just arguing about things that I don't think you can see without a magnifying glass, it but just, they think they can or they actually can, and I don't get it. It just feels like uh, I don't know. It just it just feels like a really, and I, that's why I think people get so angry about it. It's just like a really futile chasing for perfection that you can never have. Mm. It's like I just sort of I look at this and I go. And I'm a bit guilty of it as well. You know, I sit here tweaking back and forth, tweaking back and forth until I realised. I was like, Matt, you will never be happy. Like, you will always either be going, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't run quite smoothly enough. Or going, oh, this doesn't look quite nice enough. Like, and it's I will never It's the of having too find. many options. Mm. It really is. And like, yeah, that is... Um, 
because I found it with, I think it was the Talos Principle, because that lets you actually change the colour palette of the game in one of the menus. And so that was stuff that I could tell. And then it was just like freaking out over an Instagram filter almost. <laughs> I'm just like, what have I become? This is just so <laughs> awful. Um, but, you know, when I had a console, I was pretty much just happy to play with what, yeah. you know, what was given. But then as soon as options are involved, I just sort of get a bit overwhelmed by choice and spend all of my time doing that. It's like, you know, when you spend a million hours in character creation and by the time you're done, the enthusiasm for the game's gone. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's that feeling. That's what I was going to ask. Is it fair to say that you've spent more time tweaking the graphics on The Witcher than you have playing it? Oh, absolutely. That's ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's not um, entirely down to weird perfectionism, to be honest. That was like, I was actually having like a weird glitch. Oh, okay. Um, that was really off-putting. The mountains were flashing and it was like... Whoa, it's trippy. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a bit much. But it was one of those funny things, actually, that I was like, I spent a little while trying to just tr- test everything to see if I get to work. Mm. And then think, thought to myself, oh, look, you're just going to have to not play it until they patch it and then literally like tw- 10 minutes later it's like we've made a patch and I was like, <laughs> it's changed wow. 600 things and in to be fair to CD Projekt it's amazing how quickly they're fixing stuff yeah. mm. most people would be like well maybe try in a week like, yeah <laughs> I mean to the to the extent where they did that really open and quite nice interview with Eurogamer today where they were just like yeah we did downgrade it because it like it didn't work. It didn't work. Like yeah. the game didn't work, and you're just like, yeah, fair enough. I'm cool with that. It's the same with From Software, and, and uh, yeah. when they made Dark Souls Two, yeah. they were like, yeah. I mean, th- those guys are really bad at coding games sometimes as well. <laughs> like you know, like all the problems with Blight Town that they just in the end for the PC version they were just like, yeah, we can't fix it. Sorry. <laughs> and then like some other coders fixed it for them, and they were like, oh, nice one. Yeah. Oh, jeez, <laughs> you're really good. Uh, <laughs> but. You know, they're, they're notoriously not good at optimization, and so the fact that they couldn't get that game running with the original engine did not surprise me at all. Mm. It was just like, guys, we've got to take all the graphics out. <laughs> it's just not running. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me like confused, because it is, it is a gorgeous game, and I do wonder if it's in the same way that I'm trapped in this loop of just tweaking and never being quite happy about it, that if you have got a computer that you can just whack it on maximum everything, then that mm-hmm. kind of... And I'm where this is like all a bit existential, really. But I kind of wonder if it's that that problem doesn't go away. You just aim it at something else. You don't go, oh, maybe I could tweak it. You go, well, maybe it could have been better than this. Like, well, that's where like graphics mods come from. This is why people are still modding mm, Skyrim to look. Don't, nice, so. don't don't get on at me about Skyrim because I can't <laughs> play Skyrim anymore because of the modding stuff. Because now I can't find a mod that makes the wind move the trees quite right. So <laughs> My God. the whole world is unplayable. I won't log in. It's just it's broken to me. Wow, <laughs> really? Like probably like every time I go into that world. Knowing that now it's on a format where I could, in theory, fix things that I don't quite like, <laughs> everything is looked at with a weird critical eye rather than just, I'm going to come and enjoy the story. It's literally, that tree looks freaky now. <laughs> what have I done? How do I undo it? And never, how do I get a new thing in to I've, fix it better? I've never been more glad <laughs> to have an expensive desktop PC that does not work at home. Like, just so I'm <laughs> away from this. It terrifies me. And actually, I partly. <laughs> I just think maybe I should just need to stick to because I mean the thing is I didn't buy a game I didn't buy my PC for gaming mm. really it runs games well because it's an editing PC um, mm. but I didn't buy it for that mm. um, but I kind of think like there is something wonderful about the fact that I just I am never when I'm playing a game on a console it is the finite thing yeah. that, is, yeah. that is what it is that's how it looks I don't, I don't spend hours playing Destiny going uh, does that look a bit rough on the edges? That like maybe I could go into a setting somewhere and tweak that so it's a bit like it's just that's what it is, mm. and it just means I have to think about that. 
because it's just this weird thing and it is so popular within gaming culture now this sort of and it's not lots of the things that surround gaming culture are in themselves a bit of a game and they're a bit like there's a game mechanic to it but i don't think there's anything about this process this perfectionist back and forth process of tweaking that is anything like a game i think it's just a horrible <laughs> horrible thing that taps into our human brains in a way that just isn't healthy just sounds like the pursuit of the meta in a MOBA to me. That's the thing that's never got... I've never understood is people searching for the game above the game, trying to perfect it. No, but that exists and it's pleasurable. The other thing is, is it just pleasurable? being broken. I don't get yes. it. I, don't <laughs> I like getting into that stuff. <laughs> I can't deal with it. But I just find I'm sad whenever I had to deal with these things. Like, whenever I had like when I had the flashing mountains this morning, I went, okay, well, I've got to start Googling. Mm. And as soon as you start Googling about graphics cards, you just, like, you just end up falling down these rabbit holes of tedium of mm. people just arguing about about numbers and it's just like oh I don't want to I don't want to think that these people exist (laughs) (laughs) and that I may be one of them I may be one of them alright I hate it when something is broken and I'm trying to fix it and trying to work it out and go back and forth before the game is actually palatable and playable but when it's me just in a like zoned out actually just tweaking stuff and enjoying the process of going back and forth trying to get it to what I want then that's, that's actually I, I think there's something to be said for that just because I enjoy that process like I enjoy character creation mm. sometimes just for the pleasure of more cosmetic stuff creation. is fine like I get that like it's wanting things to be yeah. like yeah and I, I just think in terms of the quality thing maybe it's just a really rubbish blokey thing maybe this is the first symptom of the dad virus that now I'm like oh I want it to be the best <laughs> like, I found myself like genuinely going well you know you did only buy like a GTX 970 about a month ago but maybe you could buy another one and plug them in together it's like what, what is wrong with you what is wrong with you <laughs> it's what you're getting in absence of a shed I know yeah. right <laughs> I like, yeah I like the idea that in you know in 20 years time people are just going to buy like vintage copies of The Witcher 3 and just tweak them up like old cars <laughs> yeah but yeah, I've got this running on the older <laughs> I've gone a bit weird about that as well because I bought this old Monet game like this point and click adventure that's basically built for like Windows 95 it's one of those old like wanna do kind of okay games um, and you you're basically trying to stop the orangery from being blown up I think <laughs> while trying to meet up with Monet so it's based and, on like, the artist's life <laughs> there's like this amazing bit in the like insert Assassin's Creed. there's this brilliant bit in the insert where it's basically like well this is essentially historically accurate <laughs> and you're just like this is amazing um, so yeah you're this acu- uh, architect rather who's just yeah he's like looking for Mr Monet and everybody in Normandy seems to have like a West Country accent and it's just like Okay, fine. But I spent so long desperately trying to get this to work, to even run on my PC, because, like, backwards compatibility Mm. mode wasn't working, and, like, had to, like, make an image of the disk and, like, send it to Alex so that he could tell me how to make it work without installing, like, a virtual drive and... Uh, all of that kind of fun and then I was going to stream it but it won't work with streaming and that's the thing that I managed to muck up my monitor so badly like it was in the wrong resolution it was on the wrong screen I'd managed to completely balls the entire thing up Mm. like it was on like 16 bit colour mode at one point people always look at me funny when I say this as if like nah you're wrong but like (laughs) System Shock 2 broke a monitor of mine many years ago like we tried to install System Shock 2 on uh, it's like newer computers so mm. my brother could play it um, me and my brother could play it like co-op like oh, right. and uh, yeah like his his monitor just fried it was like it would it was switched on but all the colours were wrong and it was all like just messed up mm. and we were like oh it must be the graphics card's broken then Christ. we plugged it we plugged it into other computers and it was the same it just broke 
It broke a monitor. Showdown <laughs> broke it. That like something that would happen in System Shock. <laughs> it was Showdown. I only just realised it was Showdown. I've got to call my brother. He's in danger. Oh <laughs> but anyway, just talk a lot about um, not talking about The Witch 3 because I haven't played it. But apart from UI, which is good. You, did you, Monet, you got anything else to say about Monet? This fascinating orange explosion game? Well, I've got it working, but I couldn't get it streaming, so I haven't played it yet, which is really dumb. But I did play all of the sound files to myself. And just sort <laughs> so you of can review it based on that, right? Mm. my appetite. So, well, no, I'll come back and I'll, I will properly review it once I've played it, and then I, I will send you some of the sound files to use then. <laughs> to add richness to my review. <laughs> Welcome to Normandy. <laughs> you know, things like that. It's really? amazing. I've yeah. Got... And a woman shrieking hot chestnuts <laughs> that's my favourite thing go. <laughs> I've gotten obsessed with this website called Audio Atrocities which hasn't been updated I don't think for about five years but it's just this guy who ripped sound like voice clips from old games and just has this like not not large but sizable list mm. of games with the worst voice acting and it's fascinating just listening to <laughs> hundreds of voice clips from like dynasty warriors the best ones are martian gothic unification which is like some <laughs> ps1 wow. resident evil ripoff with a protagonist who is constantly talking about like watching his friends get killed but in the most bored voice as if he's like halfway across <laughs> another room with this massive echo none of it makes any sense it's incredible it's just the best website you have to go <laughs> good. What was it again? audio atrocities audio atrocities so good just that just so entertaining mm. I yeah. just love a woman shrieking hot acorns chestnuts hot, hot chestnuts, chestnuts. <laughs> yeah. it's not got that yet <laughs> a woman shrieking hot chestnuts if I was an OK Cupid I'll send you that that'd yeah. be on my, uh, my I don't even know how OK Cupid works so I can't make a joke about it I actually uploaded it to my Google Drive just so that I could share it like hot as chestnuts. we went yeah just a woman shrieking about her hot chestnuts so <laughs> I've got a few Dynasty Warriors clips uh, bookmarks now just to come back to them just hear Zhang Jiao shouting Shouting at me. It's nice. <laughs> Makes me feel comfortable. Ah, Liu Bu's coming again. Uh, <laughs> he's actually in the in the grand pantheon of Dynasty Warriors voice actors. Liu Bu's all right. He just he's a bit gruff. Well, he sounds thought, like Geralt yeah. basically. Because he's like he'd have to be because he's in it. Because he's the, in it all he's the, in the time. It all the fucking... It's all the minor characters who are the stock models, dudes who are like, oh, my magic's for you. He's <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> The best. Those guys are wicked. That was a really good impression. I've wanted to make. I'm trying to find. There's a very specific sound in Dynasty Warriors. Whenever you meet a character, it plays this like chime, and I'm trying to find it by itself, isolated, so I can just record my own <laughs> Dynasty Warriors intros. But it's impossible to find. I can't do call it, it Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, it sounds like something Tecmo Koei would do. Yeah, they've spun it off in any number of ways. How, how much would it cost to franchise it out to Joe Scrabbles? <laughs> They've done a Nintendo one, haven't they? Exactly. You just get to collect a, an army of hundreds of different Joes that you can play. Oh my god. So I just said the most exciting thing you've ever heard. Just me and a sombrero, me and another hat. I don't know. It sounds great. This would be going back to like the N64 era of unlockable characters. Yes. When we were satisfied, we'd just like, oh, it's that guy, but in a red jumper. Oh, yeah. That was worth the six hours. I used to think the idea of Reptile in the Mortal Kombat 2. See, Mortal Kombat 2 where he appeared and he was just green. It was just a green one. I thought that was the most exciting thing yeah, in the world. I was like, oh my God. what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like, unbelievable. First they had yellow, then they had blue, 
Now it's a combination of yellow <laughs> and blue. That's it. It's as simple as that. They just ran out. <laughs> oh my god. Unbelievable. They run out real fast as well. I love those guys. <sighs> so Joe, what have you been playing lately? I've been playing um another game with a kind of big intersection between cosmic end of the world stuff and personal things and moral decisions. Which is Life is Strange, episode three. <gasps> ah. It's fucking amazing. You see, I keep I'm about 20 this. minutes into it. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, um, we'll put it this way. My first review of, my, my episode one review uh, ended up, ac- I think, accidentally being the first review in the world. And it was lukewarm to chilled. And um, I got sort of, I've been told that I've been sort of blacklisted by Square Enix, maybe. Oh. Um, but, and... After that, I was then ambushed by a PR who had showed me the game, who asked me to explain my problems with the game, which is fine. He was just being friendly. He wasn't being mean or anything. He just like, wanted to chat. I was ambushed. I was, I was put in the back of a car. I was imagining leaping out no. of, from behind shrubbery. Just sort of pub conversation. But I was <laughs> sitting down and he was standing up, which made it feel, feel imposing. It's been But he, um, he sort of spoke to me about the game and I explained all my problems with it and was like, I think it could be really good. Like, I think it's got amazing potential. I just didn't mm. like the first episode. And then he was like, oh, by the way, let me introduce this guy. Um, he's one of the developers on the game. <laughs> and this guy, this really sad looking Frenchman oh. was just standing there. Oh. And I was like, you know, like, I think it could be great. And he's like, I, re- I really hope so we can make it good for you later. And, oh. and they have, they've totally made good. The third episode is like one of the biggest turnarounds in my opinion of a game that I've had for years like mm. just so confident so different to everything else out there like really I'm happy really excited now can it's... we just wrap this up and I go yeah, home yeah. and play it let's do it because I've heard I actually haven't got around to playing it yet because yeah. mm. uh, I've got more games than Jesus uh, really and yeah <laughs> Like, that guy's rich. I know he had he had all of the games. His like, uncle works for Nintendo. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? That's how he did all that magic. Yeah. Um, apparently, he even had one of those disc drives for the N sixty four. I know. Who had that? I'm not even sure they were real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I just I heard so much about it. We've had mm. on here on the podcast. We've had Jim on here talking about it a lot. Um, and, you know, he's got good taste. I mean, everyone on this podcast has good taste, but... Straight up. A lot of people talking about a game with real reverence. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm feeling like, oh, God, I, maybe I just need to catch up on this. Well, it's it might almost be worth waiting. I think because they're trying to do the one episode a month. It's and, like five episodes. Yeah, it? it's five yeah. episodes. It might and be worth waiting until the end because either it will nosedive hard or it will yeah. be like one of the games of the year. The because, thing is, though, I, I quite like the episodic nature. So yeah. I would say, like, That's you fair. know, the highs of it, you know, when it hits a, a stride and is awesome, like, you know, you're saying with this one, mm. like, I kind of don't, I wouldn't want to wait it for the next two in case they nosedive yeah. because it's like, I want to experience the bit where you think it's going to be awesome forever, you and know? That's fair. <laughs> like, the, yeah. there is a, the ending to this one has never made me want the next episode so much because it's like out of nowhere everything yeah. changes and like yeah just to, just to explain like it starts off people know what life is strange is but like this episode like carries on directly from the last one where a very big terrible thing sort of occurs might and, or might not occur well yeah but either way the, the yeah, sort of the principal the is... principal event is there and this whole episode sort of takes place in the sort of the glow of that event, everyone is talking about it all the time and you are central to it. So mm. whatever you've done is being sort of parroted back at you the whole time. And there are these moments where 
you, it's like your character is sort of trying to escape from the story um, by just stopping and doing normal teenage things. Like, I don't want to give them away, but like, there are these moments in other episodes where you can just sit down on a bench and her internal monologue plays out for a few minutes, mm-hmm. and it's really pleasant. In this one, that's sort of built into the fabric of fabric of the story, where like Max will stop and just have a chat and think to herself for a while, and then the story carries on. And it's just... I've never played a game where it's just happy to go, no, you're just going to listen to her for a while and just hear what she has to say, and that will sort of colour how you think about everything else that's going on for this person. Mm. It's amazing. Like, just so... So filmic, but in a way that feeds into the kind of systems that are at work, because you're obviously having to make decisions for her all the time. It sounds like the main thing for me is that, um, and we've talked about this many times already, but Telltale have kind of like they've done the same trick again and again and again and mm. again and again, and this is just like it's a different, it's a different thing. Like, yeah, mm. and that's that that in itself, the fact that it's good is great, but it's like because I started playing um, the Game of Thrones Telltale thing, I played mm. episode one, really enjoyed it, and I've got you know a pass for the whole thing. I just haven't. For whatever reason, I haven't gone back and played mm. any of the other ones yet. Mm. It sort of didn't grab me enough in the same way that maybe like The Walking Dead did. Well, I'm really enjoying the Borderlands one because that's the first time I feel like they've tried to change how you approach decisions because in Borderlands there are no morals, really. Yeah. So you're never being forced to go... There's never even the implication of like, here's a good thing, here's a bad thing. It's just... What are you going to do in this situation? You are playing... And because you're playing two different characters, you're not playing you as well. It kind of forces you to separate how you roll. I'm really glad we've seen more... Because I've banged on about this for for many years now um, because it was the Game of Thrones RPG, the crap one years ago. You loved that. I I loved it because it had lots of amazing ideas. And because I think it was Alec Mir for RPS who actually summed it up best when he said like it has this weird thing of the actors in the game halfway through suddenly... Realizing that actually maybe the script is good, <laughs> and so the start is terrible, and then about halfway in, suddenly the two main characters they stop phoning in the lines and they mm. start reading lines properly, and suddenly mm. you get this really good, really satisfying story hidden in a really shit game. Mm. Um, but also, I, I just love the fact that it had that thing of being like you're controlling two characters, yeah. So it stops you just going into autopilot, going, "Oh, I guess I'll just do the good thing." Yeah, exactly. Because you actually have to think about it and be like, "Well." No, like, which which of these characters is going to take the lead on this? And... Well, yeah, and there are moments where you're sort of playing your own characters off against each other. It's like when, as a kid, like, if you were by yourself playing a board game against yourself or something. Yeah. It's doing that thing where it's like, which one of me is going to win? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's really nice. It's really nice. I've seen quite a few games do that in the past few years. I'm really glad that that... Because when I played it in the Game of Thrones RPG, I kind of thought, this is an awesome idea, but it's a crap game. Hardly anyone will play this. <laughs> I was really worried that this idea might just get lost in, like... In the bogs, but it seems like it has actually been seen by other people and used, which makes me pleased. Mm. So, would you really recommend getting involved at this point? I mean, I think the problem is they will do like a final. If it is good, then it's done. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's this thing I can't decide. It's, it's like, going to be, bundled, be but yeah. It... Do I want to be involved in the the glow of it as it's happening? Or yeah, I'm I... enjoying it like that way because it means that I get to talk to Adam and talk to Alice about it and mm. sort of you know compare our decisions and stuff and like who we, you know, how we directed the character through the events and, like, why as well. Because, like, I think Adam's playing it with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're sort of doing it like a joint decision-making thing and it's interesting hearing about just even the arguments that they've mm. had about, you know, different aspects and, like, choices that they've made and stuff like that. Um, the one thing I would say is I was a lot more enthused about the first episode or at least, like, tentatively excited. Mm. And for me that was because... It's a type of fiction that games haven't really dealt with. Yeah. And that's, um, 
it's really weird. The thing that I keep saying is that it reminds me of a lot of sort of teen fiction. Mm. And by that, I mean fiction that teenagers write themselves you know the stuff that was bundled on fan fiction sites but as the original fiction like when they write their sort of like their first story about what happens at school and you know like you know with enemy characters or like you know and some of it's just so sort of um literarily oversaturated or like weirdly overplayed or you know um sort of with in jokes or you know it's but it's also sincere mm. and sort of not self-consciously so and or you know and so it's this thing that I I remember fondly reading like so many of those and they're not amazing stories exactly but they're just really heartfelt and people sort of you know like feeling their way in in writing and um there was a lot of that that I was really fond of in the first episode and to sort of see that genre almost sort of crop up again in games was really encouraging to me because I kind of you know you just see so much of the same stuff come around yeah. again and again yeah. and again and just to sort of even see something sort of poke its head up and go hi you know we're gonna try this mm. instead that was awesome to me I guess I don't know I firstly I mean I don't have the attachment to that type of fiction but there's <laughs> to me there was something odd about the idea of like sort of mid-30s Frenchman writing 17 18 year old dialogue and like peppering it with this language that feels like I'm far enough away from that age for it to feel alien so it mm. feel so I could never get and maybe that's unfair but I could never get it out of my head that these there are like, a whole bunch of like super clunky like movie references oh the references are just the like, worst but I would say that like that does feel super sort of you know awkward and foreign and oh god why is this dialogue so cringeworthy right now but on the flip side, it is something that also happened in those other stories that I yeah. was mentioning because it was people sort of self-consciously trying to insert themselves into the stories yeah. and like align themselves with things that they thought were cool, even though they were just so sort of awkwardly inserted into the plot. Mm. And yeah, like people sort of say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was sat there once watching, you know, like Faster Pussycat Go. And you're just like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, yeah. The first episode has a fetch quest in which you go and get a flash drive full of cool pirated films that people then have a chat about, which mm. made, which was the point at which I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's bullshit. And then during that scene, someone drives up in a car with a license plate that says Twin Peaks. And you're just like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> this does not like, fly. Yeah. This does not fly. But then like the second episode and third episode start kind of casually introducing that stuff in... Well, firstly, you're sort of inured to it at that point, so that's quite nice. You kind of once you buy into that world, yeah. Well, that's just the thing. I, I mean, I didn't. It. I really didn't play much of uh, of uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, they have original the game that came out with don't know come out with. Oh, remember me. Remember me. I didn't play much of remember me, but I think this would be the same thing. I'd have to kind of grip my teeth through. And actually, a lot of people have since said to me that remember me did actually have like some good stuff going for it if you mm. stuck with it. Mm. But frankly, just the knowing like crap references and. <laughs> nods and puns just drove me mental the way it was like can you see? it was seems to be a sort of game that was constantly just turning to you and going can you see what i've done there <laughs> did you get that and it's like of course i got that it's the most obvious reference <laughs> in the world like it sort of had this this constant posturing as if to go we're quite clever aren't yeah. we and it's like you're not clever like this is not clever but this is yeah. uh, and i don't know if i didn't play remember me but 
I don't know if this is what people liked about that. The things that are starting to happen in episodes two and three is it's it's introducing references, but more in sort of how like shots are constructed. Like there are these montage scenes at the ends of episode one and two of all the different characters, and it's so consciously drawn from the end of Donnie Darko. You know that scene where it goes through every yeah. single person reacting to the events of the film in their room, um, and it's so drawn from that. But because they don't go. Because there's not like a sign on someone's wall that says <laughs> Donnie Dark. You go, that's really neat. It's riffing on the culture it's drawing out of. Yeah. But yeah, but those moments where it's just like, here is a list of names. I think also because it, it seems like, um, <laughs> from what everything I've heard, it seems like uh, as a game, it's, it allows itself to be cheesy. It allows itself to know that it's drawing from cheesy roots. Whereas I found like, remember me sort of was trying to have that kind of it might have been supposed to be delivered in a way that was tongue-in-cheek, but mm. the delivery, very much from the voice acting and stuff, like very much gave a sense of a game that was trying to be taking itself quite seriously, and that's why it was like kind of had some incredible... like Now the hunter becomes the hunted! And all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> is this a joke? I don't think it is. Like, Whereas I, I'm much more open to having this kind of uh, cheesy, occasionally cruddy stuff, because it is supposed to be that kind of thing. Mm. I think... Like, because the way that I took that stuff or decided consciously to take that stuff mm. to stop myself cringing was because it is something that I remembered people doing when I was a teenager mm. of that sort of posturing or that, like, you know, really awkward when you look back on it, but sort of thinking that you were trying to find your way and aligning yourself yeah. with particular mm. hey things. Hey guys, I've just been listening to Raising as a Machine. <laughs> well, like, that's fair. I did, like, draw all out, draw, like, band names. Of bands, yeah. like, maybe I'd listen to one song and then I'd draw their name across, like, my pencil case and stuff. Yeah. So I know you there is that You knew how to do feeling. the logo better than you yes, knew their back catalogue. that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, and then so the thing you, is, yeah, there's also... Um, it does some interesting things in that it presents itself... It, it feels almost timeless. I mean, there is a lot of, like, hey, smartphones and, yeah. you know, whatever else, but the references tend to be a bit further back yeah. in terms of pop culture and also, like the setting is kind of, you know, just sort of feels like generic, you know, high school mm. or generic college or, you know, generic, you know, diner mm. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it feels um, curiously outside time, yeah. which is interesting given the, the themes anyway. Yeah. Um, and also it sort of taps into the fondness at the moment for sort of instant nostalgia because the whole thing looks like you've shot it through an Instagram lens mm. and or an Instagram filter rather and there's like, you know, really... Otherwise known as an old camera. <laughs> well, yeah, <she> really <laughs> birds like everywhere. And, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was, just, I was having this conversation <laughs> with my girlfriend the other day about like, oh God, people like are going to forget that cameras used to look like that and everyone's just going to go... Oh, it looks like Instagram. And it's like, no, it looks like an old camera. <laughs> What's awesome is that I can actually do that stuff with my old film no, cameras. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm just sat there like, hey, wait, what, why? And But it's so much cheaper to do it. Oh, no, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> but I just love that it will happen, that people will not know oh, that. Yeah. People will just go, oh, it's Instagram. Well, that, yeah. that's kind of part of the story almost, because she's like a photography major yeah. who only uses a Polaroid camera. And How much like, money must it's she like, have for that? Firstly, that's expensive. Secondly, you are not making the most of your photography degree Maybe. if that's all you're <laughs> doing with it. Um, I'm just going to get a really crap grade. There's also something really weird about um, 
You don't even have to use a darkroom. No. <laughs> what is she doing? No idea. I mean, I did like an a le- AS level in photography, not even an A level. And if I'd come in with a Polaroid every week, they'd be like, yeah, it's very so, fun. That was fun for that project, Matt. But now you're going to use a camera. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, it's, it's, it's strange because there's also the thing of like, she's taking photos that then you're looking through the filter of the game onto it. So it's like... Yeah. I think it was... Um, well, it's, yeah, it's Chris Donlan. It's always fucking Chris Donlan writing good things. Um, he did a really nice piece about the sort of presentation of Life is Strange. I think it was today even, um, or at least this week at some point. And he talked about how actual photographs in the game are all like really bad paint drawings. Like, yes, they really which are. Is really, I was thinking about that There's something today. really strange about that, which is quite nice. And also he wrote about the setting in the same way that... Oh, that's so annoying because I stockpiled a bunch of what? screen grabs so that I could write something about but this. But no, because your out of time <laughs> thing is not what he mentioned. He wrote that it Jeez. feels like Europeans <laughs> trying to create the archetypal American place. Mm. So so his is sort of out of location, whereas yours is out of time. So it's totally cool, right? Article. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it does have this mess of like sort of strange things. I can't tell whether they're accidents. Like it might be that a lot of this is totally unintentional, mm. um, but it just comes out really nicely. That whole Polaroid camera thing's really turned me around. I'm not sure. I think it's really yeah. mad. It's, it, is in, it is interesting. I don't though. like the main character particularly. It's the only game where I've ever walked around and you know in adventure games you click on everything because you want to yeah. hear them say it's the only game where I the more I click on stuff the less I like the character for talking I just, just like, really she is so annoying I like her friend better yeah. far better how could you have done that though for teenagers though because all teenagers are fundamentally dislikable mm. people yeah her friend you don't realise that until cool, you're an adult though. she is pretty cool alright <laughs> oh, um, yeah. t- actually a nice thing about episode 3 is it seems like they've started to realise that Max is quite annoying because there are a couple of like digs at her there's um, it's not like this is this is no spoiler and it's it's like just a tiny little piece of the sort of something you might stumble across um there's a bit where you can find her sort of student file and for some reason oh, yeah. for some reason oh, have you have you seen that, uh, that was what, just before i left today okay. but so yeah. there's there's like these school files where weirdly the school have like little dossiers on all their students with like a paragraph about each of them dark and her one like literally says um, she, yeah, everyone says she's really nosy, which is clearly a reference to the fact that she's constantly just rooting through people's stuff all the time just to see what they're about. There's a, there's a bit in the first episode where you can just root in someone's bin and pick up their pregnancy test. Yeah. You're just like, whoa. Jesus, like, Max. Yeah, or you sort of that's go through like, cool. letters from their family yeah. and you're just like, really? That's not cool. There's one, girl's, there's one girl's bin in the dormitories that has had the same crumpled up um, sort of sad love letter in it from episodes one to three, and I'm getting increasingly angry at the girl whose room it is because I'm like, clean out your bin! <laughs> like, it's only been three days in game time, but for me, this is months. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> Really irritating. Oh, when you were talking about feedback about the character being annoying, I thought it was going to be like kind of the Walking Dead style. You know, they will remember this, just popping up like you are a dick. <laughs> fuck, fuck <laughs> off! Everybody still remembers <laughs> that you are a dick. Um, okay, let's do some questions. But that sounds interesting. I like it when people come and tell me about games that I haven't played. It's exciting. And actually, stuff I'll talk about in the future because I haven't I barely played The Witch Three, so I'll definitely be talking about The Witch Three as soon as I've played more of it than I have messing around with the bloody sliders <laughs> yeah. and settings. Um, also, like I've just got House of the Wolves, which yes. uh, are you... oh, you should play that with me sometime. I'd love to. I will good. do. I've basically just been really busy trying to do other yeah, stuff. No. It's I've got good. it. It's really good. Yeah, it seems really good. Everything on paper seems like you know Bungie have finally caught up with the wave of criticism that hit a launch of the game. 
Yeah, um, hot stuff, and I finally got a Galahorn. I mean, like I've I never fell off or fell out of love with um, Destiny. So like the criticism, I kind of wasn't bothered about, and it wasn't criticism that I particularly had. Yeah, sure. But yeah, like I I was so excited playing through the stuff. So I think you're. I know I'm I'm really up for it. I never fell out of love with it. I just stopped playing. I just yeah. sort of felt like I'm done with this for now. But uh, I've always got a lot of time for that game. The problem is, though, actually, I literally do not have a lot of time for that game. <laughs> because I've continued to be playing Monster Hunter 4, and I'm now obsessively hunting Xenogas for a Xenoga Jasper. I've just, so I can make some stuff. just mm. finished a Seregios kit, and it's the greatest armor Oh, ever. high rank? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I was thinking about getting some of that. Oh, my God. Um, because just, I actually, That game is the best thing I ever. Ki- <laughs> I killed a Seregios, and then I got myself, like... And it was really hard the first time, but I've got better yeah. stuff. And I went back and I was like, these guys are actually quite easy. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their movesets, like, Xenogre, to me, is the hardest. Like, I got killed by one on the way here, and I did, closed my 3DS with a Fury re- reserved only. The thing about them is sometimes they're easy, and other times they just destroy yeah, it's you. It's catching them before <laughs> they do that supercharge. It is stopping them from supercharging. <laughs> Honestly, I cannot get over it. I know I've talked about Monster Hunter 4 a lot on this podcast, but I just cannot get over how much of a staying power it has in yeah. terms of the fact that I keep... Every now and then I don't play it for like a week and then I think, ah, maybe I've lost the bug. And I open it up and I kind of yep. think, can I be bothered playing this anymore? And then I just get into Four it. Four hours. Yeah. I just get into yeah. it. And most games like that, I just go back in and then one day I just go, nah. And it happened to me in Monster Hunter 3. I just, mm. I couldn't be arsed anymore. And I must be about 140 hours in now. Yeah, I'm 170 on this. And it's just very, very good. It does, it has started to get a bit grindy at times, but... Um, but this G-Rank soon. I'm so close to G-Rank and then apparently it's a new game. I'm dead. It's mad. I'm I, lo- I love the dead. fact it starts introducing new mechanics. Like, Sir Regios yeah. is basically his dragon. He can make you bleed. And suddenly it's like... Nothing else can make you bleed. You've played the game oh for 100 hours and then suddenly it goes, oh yeah, here's a new mechanic. Bleeding. I can't be starting this game. Like I've had enough problems this week so I started playing Regency Solitaire and that's just... I, I, it's a casual game but it's casual in the sense that I've got madly obsessed with it. I keep tweeting belligerent things at Adam because he's slightly further behind me in like the ballrooms of Bath and Brighton and <laughs> I have uh, sort of lost entire evenings to it. I sort of didn't play Destiny for a while because yeah, well, I was thing. so excited All... about laying my cards down alone <laughs> in, in Regency <laughs> It's just weird. Like All of the games I love at the moment... Are these sorts of things like I love Monsanto, I love Destiny, I love all these massive, massive time sink games. Mm. I don't know what it is though. It's like the the types of games I really like are all huge time sinks. I still haven't finished Bloodborne, although it's mm. continuing to get really interesting oh, yeah. and just going all weird and bendy and strange. I will buy that at some point. It's, it's very <laughs> it's one good. Of those things. I don't think I've finished a game that I wasn't reviewing in a very long time. No, I, I think... like, especially an RPG. That's been like a year or so that I've done. Done yeah, I'm I did finish dra- Monster Hunter. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did Dragon Age, but I that mean, was I over Christmas. I must be close to finishing Dota, right? <laughs> you must be. You must be must right. Be. Those ancients have been defended so well. <laughs> Sooner or later, they just go. That's middlingly well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have some questions. Artrex Denta uh, asks if you had one game world that you had a Narnia-style portal to, what would it be? Dynasty Warriors, I'd fit right in. <laughs> you need to chime first. Well, yeah, I need the chime. Everyone would know that you were like some interloper to turn up without a chime. Is that a diegetic chime? <laughs> every, there's a guy off screen just going <laughs> every time you go in. He's like, Who are you? Don't recognise you. No. 
<laughs> dressed weird, dude. And why haven't you got all the tassels and capes that we have? Oh, I've had an idea. I'll talk to you about this afterwards. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's not a sex thing. What? <laughs> Sorry. Are you sure? It's sounding remarkably like <laughs> I had the idea before he said tassels. You're just going to have to believe me on that one. Uh... What would you go into? Um, oh, I've been thinking that in real life, I would love to explore some of the Destiny caves. Less fond of the, the you know, the mobs that would spawn and kill me almost mm. instantly. Yeah, but I think the those actual, things would be really like... frightening in real life, wouldn't they? <laughs> Trolls. But yeah, but the, the crystal caves and like some of the weird lush plant life on Venus and like yeah. um, some of the sort of weird sort of sulfur pools and things like i just i would really like to go have a look around it does those. have that exact same thing that halo had of like you kind of think oh this is really pretty but then mm-hmm. you don't realize quite how pretty it is until you spent literally like i've spent want to touch it <laughs> i, I spent 360 it. hours in that game hmm. and like it's just yeah you just those caves you just you end up going through mm. them but then every now and then you stop and go this is Lovely. Do you know what it reminds me of is um, there was an art installation called, uh, it was just a, a house on Harper Road, an ex-council building, and an artist called Roger Hines had uh, filled it full of copper sulfate solution and then left it for a few months and then drained it out and all of the rooms just had these massive copper sulfate crystals growing out oh of them, like God. blue crystals and, you know, sort of jagged edges and it looked so foreign and weird and alien and you could just like trample through it and like there was a bathtub that had been left in there and was wow. just like caked in crystals and so yeah it was just kind of like I kind of would like to go back to that house what's the name of the artist again? To, it's Roger Hines Roger Hines it's okay. spelled H-I-O-R-N-S I think so Hines. <laughs> he okay. was nominated for the Turner Prize I, I haven't seen photos of that, but I'm going to check that out. That sounds amazing. I've got some, um, yeah, on my hard drive at home, so I oh, will brilliant. send you some. Yeah, go. Pretty awesome. Um, I, I go Pokemon. Always been Pokemon for me. It's the mm. first game I ever played where I just, I became so, not the obsession with it was not just like mechanical, you know. Mm. I got into the mechanical side of it later, once I knew more about the numbers behind the veil. Yeah. But to begin with, it was just the world and just... I mean, I think a lot of people had that with Harry Potter when that came out. That idea mm. of being like, oh, I just want to live in this world. But for yeah. me, Pokemon came first and it was always a place where I think, wow, there's I'd be f- happy there. <laughs> there's a forgotten element to Pokemon, which is that it's like its stories are shit, but its worlds, like there are always weird little hints to stuff that are actually quite interesting. Like the X and Y has like these two rooms where this same ghost walks through and says something and just leaves. And there's it's never resolved. It's nothing. It's mm. just... Someone decided there should be a tiny ghost story that people will talk about on the internet. You're like, no one thinks about Pokemon for that. Like, just no. this tiny bit of, like, a tiny, a huge world, one room. It's just like, that's great. That's I really nice. I just like the idea you could just go off on an adventure and, yes, and make some friends. Having and a lizard. Yeah. Have yeah. a lizard. And then, you know, yeah, you could just... <laughs> and that your mum's fine with that. <laughs> your mum doesn't even ask you, right? <laughs> like, that thing is a really weird thing. You go back and just be like, you haven't seen your mother for, like, six months. And she doesn't even say, oh, hello, dear, no. or anything. <laughs> All she does is go... Here, you've rested. I'm essentially a Pokemon nurse. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I found that very bad parenting. Uh, Chris Wallace asks, he says, I'm off interrailing soon. Have a lovely trip, Chris. Uh, he says, I hate my friends, so I need a handheld games that are good for long journeys. Time to get a Vita? I'd say no. I'd say get a 3DS first. Get a 3DS all day. Um, 3DS is a, a Vita is nice, but um, well, actually, Vita does have a very good battery life, but still... That's true. Um, I'd say if you can afford it, get a new 3DS because the new small size 3DSs um, are lovely. 
Also Love a them. tablet for stuff like Banner Saga. Yes. Banner Saga's great. Mm. And um, the Sorcery series, which I'm... I had to... If you if you played Sorcery... Mm. No, but I've no of it. amazing. It's like... So it's like... <laughs> it's a... Like, choose your own adventure. I can't remember if it's an actual fighting fantasy, but they've turned it into like a full game. That, and it's episodic as well. I had to email Inkle today <laughs> about the third episode because I think I ran into a glitch and I do not want... Like, I'm so invested in my character's quest being finished in the way I want it to be that I emailed Inkle and was like, please God tell me that this is being fixed. <laughs> um, and they said it has been, so I'm just like just overjoyed. I'm uh, good. Yeah, speaking of Inkle, though, I think speaking of Inkle, um, given that he's travelling, uh, also 80 days. 80 days, 80 days is Inkle, yeah. Incredible. Mm. It is. Very good. Yeah, That's a good shout, actually. Yeah, like getting some sort of tablet. Cool. There are lots of very good. I mean, yeah, King of Dragon Pass, I lost a huge amount. Oh my God, I still play that every now and then. <laughs> I, I really, I, I want to make a video about it at some point, but it's like, I, I kind of didn't make the video uh, when, uh, like, I needed to, you know, when I was in the heat of it. Mm. But it was like, it was just such an ambitious thing to make a video about because it's like, <laughs> it's just this, you, can, you can't show it. Like, no. It's just menus, which means it would be a huge amount. I still want to do it. I still want to like create something, a kind of an ode to it. It wouldn't really be a review. It'd be more like just green screen medieval bollocks. I was going to say, just do a slideshow of all the amazing paintings in it. There are some <laughs> incredible, well, the background on my iPad is a picture from King of Dragon Pass, which is like a band beat with like, a minotaur playing the drums and, and a load of skeletons dancing. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. And there's no reason for it at all. It barely stuff, explains it. When that stuff crops up, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, the there are so skeletons in my village? Well, it's like when we talked about it the first time on the podcast. It was like, yeah, there's a walking octopus came and killed all my cattle. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, it really just comes out of nowhere with some like left field stuff. And yeah. you're like, I don't know, am I supposed to be terrified of this or not? <laughs> yeah. Like, you just don't know. Like, it's so good. It's a fantastic game. Such yeah. a game. Go Got back and if you want to know about that, go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes of Dark Souls because I'm sure we talked about it for like an entire oh episode. Yeah. Oh, also, if he's off interrailing, then he should take a DS and then let us know where all the um, 3DS hotspots are for street mm. passes. Get yeah. some relay points. Mm. I haven't been doing any of that stuff. I street passed <laughs> someone in Paddington Station the other day who clearly had six 3DSs on them. <laughs> Um, I've got six identical me's. I looked them up. It turns out they're like competitive Pokemon player and have like eight 3DSs that they you carry around. You should go hang around outside Comic Con, uh, outside yeah the MCM Expo this weekend. Yes, just like that's lurk a good call. with your DS. Well, I've got. If you've done, if you've got a 3DS on you, but uh, oh my, my 3DS is switched off. I'll switch mine on so you can get a street pass because I'm, I'm street passing. Some pretty hot Monster Hunter stuff at the moment. <laughs> oh man, good call. I'd say Monster Hunter is a fantastic game. You've got a lot of time to kill. Uh, Monster Hunter and a 3DS. That's um, it. That's, that's it. You You'll be fine. I actually had a guy yesterday being like, oh yeah, I took your advice and I bought a 3DS and Monster Hunter. Like, what other games do I need? It's like, I kind of wanted to go to him. Well, now you don't, don't need any. Like, so I don't just, understand the question. You just need that forever. <laughs> yeah. um, I, ge- I genuinely think if I wasn't like playing games all the time, like Monster Hunter is all I would have needed. For like at least the first six months of this year, like I just it's just the best. It I know really, we keep it going back. To really it, is something. Holy shit! At some point, I think I would will probably try and make a video about it. Whether it would probably require me to borrow some capture skin, mm. but it's 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 really something. Yeah. It's really something. Anyway, um, so go through yes, just go through yes. <laughs> uh, get on the train. Uh, Echo uh, asks favorite video game fact. You've got one for us, Joe. Yeah. Um, so the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater originally used the models from the game Apocalypse with Bruce Willis. So the first ever version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater featured Bruce Willis on a skateboard. That's, <laughs> that's my video game fact. That is 
Incredible. Yeah, I was really happy about that. <laughs> it's another old man skating around in Tony Hawk's. Who would have known? That's genuinely brilliant. I like that a lot. Um, it sounds like the premise for a terrible movie now, though. Or oh, skateboarding Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think the game Apocalypse was already a premise for a terrible Bruce Willis movie. I think that's like an alternate reality where Bruce Willis's career really went down the pan quickly. Yeah. And it became like Skateboard Cop. <laughs> one of his last films. <laughs> Um, skateboard Cop 2 straight to video <laughs> no not he did a do a film where he was the internal monologue of a baby to be fair so he's had some yeah. questionable choices he probably had to pay the IRS yeah. <laughs> uh, Ben Monroe asks there's a question about tabletop slash board games I'm an avid PC gamer and I'd like to get in some tabletop slash board games what do you recommend I recommend you go and look at shutupandsitdown.com I get this question a lot on this podcast every week people saying recommend me board games it's like well Yes, but I work on a website that specifically does that. Mm. So you should just look at that website. And they have a podcast. And we do a podcast. And the videos are all really entertaining and often very weird uh, and funny. So just go and get involved. And sooner or later, you'll see something and go, that sounds amazing. I need that. Mm. And then, well done. You've just entered the world of board games. And sometimes me and Brendan pop up as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wave. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we had Pit Cyclades playing. Cyclades was brilliant. I remembered. I really liked that. Cyclades is really good. Uh, Cosmic Encounter. We had you being an alien Cosmic Encounter with bobbly oh, things. Yeah. Married everyone. <laughs> I had the weirdest thing. One of the weirdest things. Married the shit out of everyone. <laughs> divorced you. You I did. Think. You divorced me. It was brutal. I saw that coming a mile off. I think you married me just so you could divorce me immediately. Yes, so I could take half your things. Yep, just so you could take the dowry back. Yep. Cosmic Encounter is a great game. I'd recommend it. Um, but yeah, it's been a weird year. Peter Alotka had me as a Facebook friend. He's the creator of wow. Cosmic mm, Encounter. That's impressive. And I sort of thought, yes, yeah, weird, weird world. <laughs> it, was, it was that and uh, uh, being negatively called out in a tepid rap song. 2015 <laughs> has been a weird one. Matt Redman asks, do you prefer playing a wide variety of games or focusing on getting really good at one specific game? Uh, it's sort of forced to do wide variety of games by yeah. one of job. But, well, that's the thing. I've never been a get really good at one specific game person until Monster Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Which we might have talked about. Um, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I'd, like, for some reason, that's the first game where I've been like, right, I'm I found it, in. it used to be easier to be like, wide whilst also focusing on mm. one game but okay. now I find that so hard because there's so many games coming out that you need mm. to focus on and yeah. I, I find that well, really difficult yeah they're so demanding when it comes to the time that you need to actually sort of get a significant way through it or you know get to sort of the the kernel of the experience I guess but because I remember you know used to sort of play things for you know eight hours or whatever and then that was you know and you were on to the next thing mm. and um whereas with the things that you played again and again and again they were maybe multiplayer things or they were you know things that you wanted to complete more and more times like I've completed uh, Ocarina of Time like so many times and that was you know an obsessive kind of yearly thing that I would do um but now um I sort of they've become less finite haven't they yeah like... they because the thing is like I really want to finish Pillars of Eternity but that's possibly not going to happen oh, really anytime this play year i just want to play it again like i played it for about five hours and i loved it yeah. but now like i've got so many other things i'm like oh I it's all just piling up you know it and is just like and then with the work that i do i focus a lot on 
League of Legends and Dota, those games aren't ending anytime yeah. soon. This is what I find interesting is it used to be that you had like your big games, mm. right? But all games were kind of finite in a way. But the big games were just things like they were great when we were kids because there weren't as many really mm. good games. And those games represented like, Pokemon like... Or maybe something yeah. like repetitive like Tetris. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you have like those repetitive things that you just play tons. You have yeah. the really big adventure games that be like you're going to play for 200 hours but then you'll be done. Or like, yeah. you know, Final Fantasies where it's like, you know, 80 hours yeah. and you're done. Whereas now, I think we've got way more inventive at like the number of ways that games can last forever. So you mm-hmm. have like, you still have your endless puzzlers like Tetris and the like, but then you also have like roguelikes, which are a great yeah. new way yeah, of having yeah. games that you just play indefinitely. And then having like MOBAs, which you just don't stop playing ever. <laughs> and they're all really good. <laughs> but it's like, it's the difficulty of, yeah, you're with for what we're supposed to do we're supposed to be dipping in it's yeah. weird the kind of games that I don't play obsessively anymore like so Time Splitters 2 I played for I guess like probably years with my friends but I haven't obsessed over a shooter in the same way ever since because there are so many shooters that you just skip from one to the next yeah. there's never that sense of like this is a thing we always play when we get together mm. it's kind of strange how that well, I think that's why, but that's maybe just adulthood. I think that's why a lot of people got like most journalists are now out of touch with stuff like Call of Duty because oh, totally, because yeah. you you dip in, you do the campaign, you dabble around the multiplayer and find out why it's different, and then you do it right up, and then that's it. But then you forget that it's not how people play them. People play them year yeah. round. I mean, less so now. It is diminishing slowly, but it's still a big audience of people, mm. and it's just impossible to keep up with. Mm. It is weird. It's this difficult thing of being like I was thinking today. It's like I love recording this, and I love the fact that. Um, I can get people in, but if if I wasn't having this circulating cast of people coming in each week and just talking about stuff that they've played, I'd be screwed. Because <laughs> like I can't play games in the way I used to, just mm. constantly mm. trying things for half an hour. Um, you just can't do it. It's mm. too many things, and it gets in the way with actually what you want to do. I want I want to play I want to play Monster Hunter, <laughs> but I can't talk about Monster Hunter every week. No. That would be. Sad. Or can I? <laughs> <laughs> you just need like. You know, quite an easy Monster Hunter-related pun, and we'll make a second podcast. <laughs> Darth Souls and... <laughs> Spin-off. Darth Souls part deux. <laughs> I don't know. More podcasts in my life is not what I need. I'm going to have to wrap no. this up, because actually I'm guesting on the Bonfire Side chat. I think that's what it's called. To talk about... Uh, to talk about Bloodborne. Souls and Bloodborne. Uh, in five minutes. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, so, no, uh, we should... We should- Get out of your hair. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's probably just overran a bit more. Uh, anything, obviously, Pip, of RPS. But anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, no, but I can always uh, come back and uh, do more things. We didn't talk about Sunset, so we, we can definitely no. do that another time. Absolutely. No, oh. you're definitely on again. But, uh, Joe? Uh, yeah, could you please all read my things on Official Xbox Magazine and on Games Radar, the weird mini website that I run these days because it's hilarious I write all sorts of fun things he does great. and if you really like Joe's voice he's also on uh, Chat Very Good I am thanks for plugging my podcast. podcast that I'd forgotten about <laughs> that's, that's, that's that was poor work I still haven't really yeah. had a chance to listen to it properly because it's, it's a very long podcast <laughs> it's fucking enormous but, uh, but I know that lots of people when they hear very long podcasts go ooh <laughs> some people <laughs> like that they like that yeah. I don't oh. have time also, if anyone listening has any really good um, gifts of otters, send them to <laughs> at Philippa War on Twitter. That would be that would just be nice. That's a serious request. Yeah. I know it to be true. Yeah. Hashtag journal. <laughs> Hashtag journal request. As it's a once. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining us. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.